Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Impunity Observer podcast. Today's guest is Grant Ramon. Grant is the CEO of Ocean Builders, a company that will allow civilization to move on to the sea. He owns several businesses specializing in software development, video production, education, sales, and training. Grant helps develop the technology and systems needed to build open source, eco restorative, futuristic boating homes on the blue frontier. Welcome, Grant. First of all, how has been your experience living in a floating home? It's fantastic. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I lived in a floating home for three and a half years in Toronto, and I didn't know that anything like that even existed. So I tried it one night and I just fell in love and I, I didn't leave for three and a half years until I moved to Panama to come here to build my own uh, vision of what a floating house can be. The original ones that I was living in was just, it looked like a normal home and it was floating on a concrete floating base. And what we're building now is unlike anything you've ever seen before. It looks like it's a floating home that's floating over the water, not just on the water level, but it's actually, it, it looks like an optical illusion in a way because it's floating several meters over the water and it has a po post, a steel post that connects it to the water. And people think that that post goes into the sea floor, but it is actually all floating. So it's a trick of engineering, but it works really nicely. That's awesome. What, was it difficult to first adapt to living in the sea? Well, we're, for me, it felt really natural when I first uh, moved into my floating house in Toronto, but that was right, that was basically at a marina. So it was right, uh, you walked from a dock onto the, the house. Uh, the pods we're launching now can go in much deeper water, so it can go in various uh, conditions. The locations we're starting in, in Panama, have a very protected area, so it's like a very protected bay, and uh, we... We'll put the first pods, uh, some locations will be right on the water's edge. Some will be uh, up to a kilometer out at the to the water. So it's um, uh, very close to shore so people can go back and forth. So they still have that connection to shore if they, if they wanna go to uh, do some grocery shopping or drive to town or something like that. It's very easy to do that. Great. How big is the operation right now over there in Right now, it's always changing. We are, we've been in this big push to get our launch done. We, we just had our online launch uh, four days ago, and we have our big in-person launch coming up in about three and a half weeks. So we've had so much to do because we, we literally put the whole floating, like the technology we've been building for the last several years, we put that in the water finally last uh, Saturday. There's been this big rush to get everything done on time. So we got it done. It's in the water. It was a huge, every, there's tears, there's smiles, there's, you know, there's lots of people are so happy that uh, what they've been working for for so, so many years is finally in the water. Uh, there's still more work to be done, but yeah, we have about 35 to 40 people right now. And uh, we've been adding people as we've been getting closer to our launch dates to just really push harder and harder and harder to get things done. And then globally, we have probably another 30 to 40 people that are part-time or full-time, depending on their positions and what they're doing. We have engineers, we have uh, designers, and you know, people that are helping with different aspects of bringing this into the world. Correct. What are the main challenges Ocean Builders is currently facing? Currently, uh, 
Well, still people, this is still something so new that people can't really imagine it or understand it until they get to experience it. So at the beginning, it was really important for us to create really good renders to give people a visualization of what this could be or what it would be like. Because if you know, I just described it to you, you wouldn't really get it because you have no reference experience for it. So right now we're, we're hurrying to try to get the unit absolutely beautiful and perfect for our in-person launch. So when people come onto the pod, they can actually feel what it's actually like. And I know once that happens, they'll just fall in love because it's an amazing, magical experience. You have incredible views. Normally what, when you have an oceanfront property, it just has like, if you have an oceanfront property, which most people in the world don't, but if you do, you have like a view that goes like this. It's kind of a, a view that goes 120 degrees forward. With us, we have 360 degree views all the way around and you have an elevated view right above the water and uh, it's the views are incredible. And it's on a floating structure that is much more stable than being on land, than being on a boat, because a boat, the floating part of a boat is sitting in the waves. So all the waves are moving their house around all the time or moving the boat around all the time. With us, we're, our home structure is actually floating above the water by several meters. And the, the flotation for the house is several meters below the water, uh, below the waves. So we're skipping the whole wave line. And that makes us much more stable and much more, you know, much nicer experience. So it's almost like standing on on land. Why did you choose Panama after you moved from Asia, if I'm not wrong? Why did you choose Panama over other countries? Panama is a great country to be in, uh, especially to start this, because it's out of the hurricane zone. And that's a huge factor. Um, we also were, it just worked out really well with timing. We were contacted by, by a friend of ours that uh, said, hey, I would really love to have sea pods in Panama and I can help you meet with all the people that you might need to meet with to really get this started and get going here. So we took a chance and we, we came to Panama and checked it out. And uh, within a week, we had met with several different uh, people in, in different levels of the government. And they were all really excited about what we were talking about building. Like they, they all kind of loved the idea of having floating islands and floating uh, communities. So they were attracted to the vision that we were communicating with them. So we thought, okay, well, this is a good option. It's out of the hurricane zone. The government is very friendly and wanting to have new enterprise and new businesses come to the country. We've come here, we've created a lot of jobs and put a lot of money into the local economy. And now we're starting to bring lots of tourists to the country as of, uh, well, we've been bringing small amounts as people come down to visit us, but we have um, a large launching event, which is coming up in, in about three and a half weeks. So we have people from all the world coming to see us. And then we've had so much media attention that uh, it's going to be bringing a lot of people Oh, bringing a lot of eyeballs to Panama, which is good for, for Panama. And then also um, we'll be bringing a lot of tourists to Panama that want to come and experience the uh, pods and experience pod life. That sounds amazing. Did you have any legal challenges at first when moving to Panama? Well, it's always hard starting a business, no matter where you are in any country. There's always tons of paperwork. Uh, there's tons of things you need to do to comply with all the rules and regulations. And 
to get yourself set up. But it's especially hard when you don't speak the language and you're starting from scratch. You don't even know where to uh, get the most basic things. Like you don't like we bought a car and we didn't know how to refill the uh, the parking or the the toll meter thing for when you drive through the toll zones. So just figuring out all those things is a whole. There's a huge learning curve, and there's so many of those things that have to be done that it took a long time to figure all those things out. So luck, luckily, we had a lot of friends here that could help us figure all the details out and navigate us through the waters that we had to figure out to uh, to make the business happen. If, if we didn't have some really you know smart people that were here helping us, then we, we might have given up because uh, it's always hard to start a business, but it's hard to start in a foreign country that you don't know anything about and where you don't speak the language and the laws are different, the rules are different, the, how the economy works is different and how businesses function are different. And the pace is totally different as well. You know, in, I come from Canada and it's uh, things happen at a different pace. And here you just have to figure out how to make things make things work at the pace that we have. Right. Apart from the groundbreaking technology that you're bringing into the table, what do you think are the main benefits that Ocean Builders is bringing to the population in Panama and outside of the country? Uh, well, we're... Uh, outside of the technology, we're bringing uh, we're bringing jobs, which is always good. The area that we're in, uh, we're the largest employer. You know, <laughs> pretty much if we see someone on the street, if they don't work for us, then someone in their household works for us. Um, so we're a big part of the community. We've created a lot of employment. We've trained a lot of people that are locals here that didn't have skills before, and they came and they learned a skill. They learned a trade and the company is going to be evolving quite a bit over the coming years. So we're going to have new skills and new trades and new kinds of education opportunities available uh, for administrative people, for learning computer skills and going more high, creating more high tech jobs uh, like running instead of just doing welding. Now we'll be learning how to run a robotic welding machine so you can actually have even higher skills than just just doing the manual labor but like there's a skill added on top of that and so there, we're going to be bringing in more skilled labor and higher skilled labor to you know you know we're going to continually add to what the workforce is able to do here so they'll learn more skills and become higher value people and regarding technology how do you think this will impact not just panama but probably the entire world. Yeah, I think I look at the way we're living and it just doesn't seem right to me. Like it seems off. It doesn't seem, it seems wrong. And I'm just trying to create the vision of what I see in my head for how we could be living because it could be, I think we should be able to have a life where things are just lifestyle should be so much more than what we're experiencing. And so I'm trying to create a home that has uh, technology built into it in the seamless way so your house becomes like a, an extension of you and it just does things for you automatically and learns your patterns and gets smarter and smarter and and like you get up in the morning and your coffee turns on automatically and uh you don't have to push any buttons it's not put by time set by time it just happens automatically and just like your house should be an extension of you and just be like your own personal assistant and I think there's a lot of opportunity for improvement with that. And 
I think the uh, eco-restorative angle is really important because most homes, like when you flush the toilet, the, the waste just disappears and it goes out of sight, out of your site, but it still goes somewhere else. It's still a problem somewhere else. So we're trying to make a house that can be self-contained and take care of its own waste. So you don't have toxins coming out of the house because I think I'm not an environmentalist. People sometimes think, well, you're an environmentalist because you're doing all these things for the environment. But it's like, I'm, I don't consider myself an environmentalist. I, I think it's really not smart to dump toxins in your environment, in your drinking water, in your in your air. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's not sustainable. It doesn't doesn't make sense. So uh, I think it's smart to do as much as you can to have a house that produces zero waste. And we're not there yet. We're going to we're making as many. We're doing so. We do so much research and development. We're trying to get there to lead to set a lot of examples of how to to do that and really make a, a zero waste home and we're not perfect but we're making i don't know of any other company in the world that's doing more efforts than we are in this regard it's like constant research and development uh, we're always trying new things trying new materials trying new processes and we're trying to also create a template that other people can can use to be able to do it themselves more easily and uh, hopefully we'll be able to provide this is a template for other people to to copy. I know it sucks sometimes you, where you put so much effort into something and then someone just rips you off. But if someone rips us off and they make better homes, then I think that's better than building more homes that cause more problems like uh, in the world. Right. Do you believe the technology you're currently using and trying to discovering ocean builders can serve as solutions for other challenges in the world? Uh, yeah, I think all the technologies we're working on can make a huge difference. Like the uh, for like the water water usage in the house is something that's really important for us, and uh, we can keep track of all the water usage in all the different sources. And you can gamify things like that, so you can uh, have week over week show whether you, you you're using less, or maybe you're recycling more water. Or, you know, you can, so you can gamify things, you can get badges and tokens or, you know, something we're working on potentially partnering with some blockchains that would um, measure some of those metrics. And then you can get rewarded for some of those things. Uh, you know, those would be optional. You don't have to participate in those, but you can maybe gamify being, you know, gamify cons conservation efforts, which I think is really cool. We have water recycling technology we're really excited about where you can recycle a lot of the gray water in the home. So a lot of times when you're washing your hands or using, you know, the shower or dishwasher, there's uh, produces gray water, which is basically clean water mixed with some dirty, you know, washing dishes or, or uh, soap and things like that, or oils get, get mixed in. So it's not, it's not really dirty, but it can be cleaned up and then reused for certain parts of certain processes in the house. So if we can help to innovate on that technology and create something that other homes can use so that they can reduce their water usage 70% or 80% or 90%, that would be huge in places like California that are having huge water shortages. If homes could use 70% less water, that would be a massive breakthrough. Um, and it costs, it adds to the cost, but it's not a significant cost when you look at the cost of the house. It's a pretty minor cost, 
but for having a home that's much more independent and much less of a drain on the resources of the community, then I think that's it's worthwhile having that that kind of research. So I think learning to live on the water, we have to innovate a lot. We we're forced to. We have no choice because it's an environment where we don't have easy access to maybe clean water or food, energy. So we have to find ways to use the resources we have really well. And um, I think all the things we learn will can be brought back to land on how to live better on land and, and live better in the environment. Right. What is the difference between the sea pots and the green pots for those who haven't heard about ocean builders or who are just finding out right now? So they both basically look the same. We have two models, the two different shells. So we have our flagship shell, which we've been working on for the last three and a half years. And then we have our new eco shell, which we've been working on for a, about a year and two weeks. And that's the one that actually made it into the water first. So we have these two models and they can both go on land or they can both go on water. Our desire has always been to put them on water because that's you know kind of what we we think where the big well I really love being around water I think most of the world likes being around water because when you look at where people go on their vacations and every year it's usually someplace on the water close to the water or some tropical island somewhere so we think there's a huge opportunity with turning the ocean into real estate and not just real estate but that is like any other real estate, but eco-restorative real estate, because every home that we put on the water becomes a source of restoration. So uh, an eco-pod or a, a sea pod on the water restores, that kind of creates a habitat for life, um, especially with the underwater sections of it. But it looks the same as the units that are put on land. Uh, when we put them on land, then they have a very small footprint. Normally when you put a home on the land, you have to clear cut the forest, like you cut down trees, you put in tons of uh, pavement and concrete, and then you put a little potted plant in the corner of your house to make up for all the trees you cut down, which doesn't really do the job. But in our case, we have a 1.6 meter diameter footprint that goes into the ground. So we don't have to cut down any trees at all to put this up. And so it can be very, very low impact. Um, so yeah, they, they both basically look the same. They're just ones on water, ones on the sea. Uh, on land, it can be a little bit simpler because you might have uh, electrical hookups, um, waste hookup and uh, water hookup. So you don't have to have all the systems on board to be totally self-sustained, uh, self-independent. You know, so it's that's the main difference between the two. Right. And do you think that one would be easier to like uh, replicate in other parts of the country or even the region or the world? Well, it's going to be easier to deploy land pods on the land um, than putting them on the water because there's a lot more engineering that needs to be done for that. And there's a lot more, you have to keep an eye on them a little bit more than on the land. Uh, so it's a lot more technically difficult to put them on the water. So uh, that's that's our main interest, and that's what we're going to be focusing really the next several years on is perfecting that art. Do you think that Ocean Builders has the potential 
uh, to keep expanding over the country and over even of other countries, maybe in the region or probably other regions. Have you like ever thought about this? Well, Panama is a great place to start because it has it is out of the hurricane zone, like you said, and there's a lot of other, you know, there's a lot of incentives for us to be here. You know, we're really welcomed here, but we've also been getting a lot of invitations from other countries and inquiries from other countries that like what we're doing and see the potential and they want to have this kind of project on their shores. So we're starting to see a lot of interest coming in. Right now, we need to really focus on perfecting this and perfecting it here so we can you know, once we have a formula that really works and we've refined it and made, you know, perfected it so it's um, bulletproof, then we can start looking at bringing it to other countries. But we have to have it working here really well before we can send it anywhere else. Can you tell us the other countries that you have received invitations from? Uh, not disclosing that right now. That's great. Don't worry about it. So that would be it. I would like to thank you, Grant, uh, for participating in this uh, in this episode of the Impunity Observer podcast. I would like to thank everyone who will be watching this. And please do not forget to follow Impunity Observer on Twitter and, and LinkedIn. And also um, be sure to watch what Ocean Builders is doing at oceanbuilders.com. That would be it for today. Uh, thank you, Grant, for being here. Uh, do you have any last message for the people watching this? Well, if you, yeah, if, like you said, check out our website. We also have a blog that we post at least one or two blog posts per day that shows the technology that we're developing as we're developing it. So you get to see how things are developing and you get to see the construction progress as well. And you get a look behind the scenes. So you get to see that things are actually happening. It's not just pretty pictures. We're putting out a lot of content so you can see um, see the reality behind this. And it's it's uh, it's a cool journey to be on. So, thanks for having me.